Thank you for tuning in to our Restoration Life podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the message and share it out with your friends on social media. Can't wait for you to listen in next week. Ephesians chapter 6, um, verse 12. Um, we've been in a series entitled Realm. And uh, over the last couple of weeks, I've been talking about symptoms of a spiritual stroke. And a spiritual stroke is something that could leave you um, paralyzed, um, that can leave you crippled um, uh, uh, spiritually in your Christianity. And we want to be able to discern these things. And over, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about um, that one of the things that you can discern of a symptom uh, of a possible spiritual stroke coming about is, is not having passion for the things that God is passionate about. And so we talked a little bit about that and I asked you how your passion was. You know, not just the emotional side of you, but the truth side of you as well that is pursuing all that God has for you in your life. And so we talked about if there's a lack of spiritual passion for the things that God is passionate about, like reaching the lost and, and discipling people and worship and prayer and study of the word, that you might be in for a spiritual stroke. Um, then we talked about last week, frustration. Did that help anybody out? Frustrations, right? Frustration, if not dealt with, can become something dangerous to the believer and you can experience a spiritual stroke. And today I'm going to talk to you about another uh, symptom that I believe if we're not careful and it goes undealt with, um, that it could really um, hinder you and your Christianity. And so uh, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, Paul the Apostle writes to the church in Ephesus and he says this, for our struggle, our struggle, the things that we wrestle with, the things that we battle with, the things that we're at war with, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Let me remind you that, that the situation that you're in isn't necessarily because of somebody else. It's because of something that um, is whispered into their mind, into their heart, and it's causing them to act out or do things they shouldn't be doing. And so look at somebody, once again, come on, look at somebody sitting next to you. Tell them, you're not my problem. The devil's my problem. Okay? All right? So, but, but he says, so our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. And so over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about how as Christians, we function out of two different realms. We function out of the realm of the spirit, and we function out of the realm of the flesh. And the scripture continues to instruct us when it declares in Paul's letter to the church in Rome. He writes this in Romans 8, 8 through 17. He says, those who are of the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Those that are of the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they don't belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life. The Spirit gives life. Come on, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And the Spirit of Him who raised Christ Jesus from the dead, is living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Come on, how many know that that'll preach? Aren't, listen to me. The very same spirit, the very same power, the very same 
presence that was there on, on, on Calvary watching it all happen and went into the tomb and, and resurrected Christ lives in each and every single one of us this morning. And so Paul continues to say, he says, therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it's not to our flesh, but it's living or, or to live according to our flesh. So our obligation as born again believers, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we're not obligated to fulfill the desires of our flesh, of our carnal nature, but we are obligated to pursue and live out the desire of the Holy Spirit who lives in each and every single one of us. He says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit that you receive brought about your adoption to sonship, and by Him we cry, Abba, or Father, or Daddy. And so in verse 16, the Bible says, the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. And if we are heirs of God, he co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Can we just bow our head real quickly? We're just going to pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, Father, for your love. We're so grateful for your mercy on each and every single one of our lives. Father, we pray, speak to us, speak to our hearts. Speak to our minds. Speak to our families. Speak life into our circumstances. Help us and guide us and direct us. Bring wisdom, Father. The wisdom we also desperately need in order to make good decisions, God, that magnify you and keep us on the trajectory that you've called us to walk. And so, Father, we thank you for that today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, come on, can we give God maybe just another hand of praise? And so over the last couple of weeks, we spent some time talking about the spiritual stroke that if not, that if, if we're not careful that we could all experience this even as believers. And today I want to look at another symptom, and it's a very dangerous one. So first we talked about lack of passion. Secondly, we talked about frustration. And today I want to talk to you about confusion and disorder. Confusion and disorder. Have any of you ever been confused in what to do in life? Raise your hand. Come on, the rest of you are liars. You need to repent right now. But I think, I think we've all been there. Come on. We've all been there. Look at somebody tell me, I've been there. Some, somebody's gone, I'm like, I'm there right now, Pastor. Like, I'm confused. I'm just, have you ever seen somebody who was just totally confused? Just didn't know what to do, didn't know where to go? Um, how many of you are really bad with directions? Raise your hands. Come on. Just really, really, really bad with directions. Do you get turned around easily when, when you're not, like, following the directions? Like, like, a lot of us don't know where north is, west is, east is. Like, it took you forever to learn the freeways, right? Like, like some of you, like, you, you, you saw, like, the 10, and you got on the 10, and then you got on, you know, the 60, and you were good there. And then you saw like the 105 and you're like, wow, that's kind of fast. And then you saw the 605, you're like, I'm done. I can't go that fast, you know. You're confused. Today I want to look at a very, very real symptom in Christianity that can cause a spiritual stroke. And that is the spirit of confusion. Let me, let me set this up right because the Bible preaches better than anyone can. So I'm going to go to Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. Now Corinth 
was experiencing some disorder in their house, in their, in their worship, in their church services. There was a lot of disorder. People were doing things that they weren't supposed to be doing. People were speaking out of place. And, 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 and it, was like, it was like we were having a gathering. And then in the middle of the gathering, somebody stood up and they started to sing. And then somebody else started to, to, to speak in a tongue. And another one started to and, 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 you know, interpret that tongue. And another people were just singing spiritually to one another. And th there was no order in God's house. And Paul uh, wanted to bring order to the house of God. And so he writes the, in this portion of this letter to the church at Corinth, and he says this, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. He says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according after or, or, or to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not flesh. They don't come from the realm of the flesh, but the realm of the spirit. He says, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. Now, you may want to highlight that, underline it, circle it, because casting down imaginations is basically literally saying casting down confusion made up imagery in your head. Another word for that would be disorder. So confusion is chaos. Confusion is disorder. Confusion is making up imaginary things in your head and going with it. And so Paul says, cast down all the confusion. Cast down all the disorder. Cast down all the imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring it into submission and captivity. Every thought to the obedience of Christ Jesus this morning. Somebody needs to hear this today. Because I think far too often as believers, we find ourselves confused more often than we should. More often than we should. Now what you need to know is that there is a difference between being confused and, 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 and being frustrated, right? Frustrated is you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You know that you're supposed to be doing it. And you find yourselves not doing it because you decide that you would prefer to do something else. And you go with, with another feeling. Or you might even not even go with what you're supposed to do. You just go with, with, with what you're not supposed to do. And you find yourself... Frustrated because you want to make your way work when it's not going to work in the context of what God is calling you to. And confusion basically is like, you know what to do. Like, you know what to do. And you know what you should do because you know what the Word of God says. But you go with your feelings and your emotions, and it creates a confusion in your head. Like, this feels right, but I don't, I don't know what I should do next. What, what should I do next? I don't know what to do now. Confusion literally means a lack of understanding or uncertainty. A state of being bewildered or unclear in one's mind about something. And the question that I have for you this morning is what has you confused? What has you confused? Because if I'm just being honest, there have been a lot of times that I've been confused in my life. There are a lot of people that have confused me, right? Like, like people that I care about that have confused me. 
like my wife. Like as a husband, I spent most of my, my marriage understanding my wife. Is any men here with me on this? Because, I mean, I'm just being honest because I'm a man. I don't think like a woman. I mean, I'm a man. In fact, I'm a man's man. Right? And I don't think like a woman. And so if you're going to talk to me like a woman, I'm not going to understand anything that you're saying in this sense. Like, there have been times that Roxanne will look at me a certain way, and I'm like, I don't understand the look. You're going to have to bring the interpretation to that. If you want to get the right response out of me, you're going to have to help me because I'm not that intelligent. So, so this whole thing like you should know doesn't work for me. Just tell me and we're good. Am I talking to any men? Come on, am I talking to any men? In the same way, ladies, we're like monkeys sometimes. Right? Just put a banana in front of us and you, you can get us to do whatever you want us to do. No, I'm just kidding. But the reality is there are a lot of times I don't understand. And because I don't understand, like I think I want to understand, but I don't understand. And so I find myself confused. And so I'll respond a certain way. And, and if it got you upset, that's not what I meant. Right? It was interpreted incorrectly because of my interpretation of what you were like looking at me. And I tried to, you, you get what I'm saying, right? So I've been, I've been confused as a father. I've, I've gone through the teenage stage with my kids. And I've been confused. I'm like, I've said things like, I, I didn't raise you that way. Right? I, I didn't teach you that. Where did you learn that from? I, I'm confused why you're believing and acting out the way that you are. You've, you've never seen me treat your mom like that. You've never seen your mom dishonor me like that. You've never, you've never seen that. What makes you think now you can do that? I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't get it. I'm confused. Help, help me in my confusion. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Like I'd be at work and you get laid off and you're like the best worker. And it's confusing. Right? That happens in life. That happens a lot in life. You go to take the DMV test and you fail it three times and you for sure knew you had it down. There's confusion. Right? There, there's sometimes, sometimes you know what to do and you're confused about doing it because you're going with your emotions rather than what the truth really is. And it creates confusion. I'm wondering if anybody's ever gone through some confusion. Like, God, I don't know what to do about this house. Should I sell it? Should I keep it? God, I don't know. Should I buy this car? Should I not buy it? God, should I marry this girl? Should I not marry? Should I date? Should I not date? I mean, you can you could fill in the blank. And one of the most frustrating things for me to see is people that know better do wrong. That becomes confusing even to me. I wonder how it looks like to people who are not saved and hear people saying that I am saved and I'm doing things that I shouldn't be doing. It's confusing. There's confusion. And the enemy loves to confuse the people of God. The enemy loves to bring confusion. I mean, from the very beginning, right? Eve is sitting there with every tree known to her, created by God, named by Adam, and she could have from it. And here comes a slithering snake and goes, hey, did God really say that you couldn't have any of that? And she was like, started to think about it. She got confused. She's like, confused now. And so the question that I have for you this morning is, what is confusing you? What is confusing you in your marriage? What is confusing you in your call? What is confusing you in your business? What is, what is confusing you in life? What, what has you dazed and confused? Right? Can it be that the reason that you're going through what you're going through today is that the enemy has planted a seed of confusion 
And so you start questioning what you believe. Have you ever found yourself there? You start questioning what you actually believe, what you grew up learning, what you grew up believing, and you start questioning what you believe. In fact, today there are a lot more people, a lot more Christians questioning the Bible for its authenticity and its infallibleness, if I could use that word, and they start creating their own ideas about things and they create confusion. Come on. We start changing what we believe. We used to believe in the operation of the gifts, and now we no longer believe in the operation of the gifts. Come on. We used to believe in giving. Now we don't believe in giving. We used to believe in prayer. Now we don't believe in prayer. We used to believe in marriage, but now we don't believe in marriage. We believed in living holy. Now we believe that it's okay to be unholy here and there because we're just human and God gets us. There's confusion. And what the enemy loves to do is to bring a seed of confusion on all of us so that we don't know what we do and we're paralyzed in our Christianity. We're paralyzed in our walk because something has been planted into our heart. Something has been planted into our mind. Something has been planted into our being. And all of a sudden, it's now confusing. We don't know what way to go with anything specific. And the reality is the Bible makes it ev everything crystal clear. The Word of God makes everything crystal clear. We, we start going through stuff in our marriages and in our families and in relationships. We start questioning our love for one another. Pastor, I love him, but I don't know if I'm in love with him. I, I think I fell out of love. And you're confused because you can't fall out of love. What happens is that layers of hurt and violation and disobedience out of, that comes from living in the flesh starts to cover the emotional side of what you, you feel. And all of a sudden, now you don't feel love. You feel anger because you, you're filtering it through, through unforgiveness. You're filtering it through Anger, through deceit, through lies, through, through adultery, through violation, through you backstab, whatever it is. And you filter it through this. And, 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 and your love, it, it doesn't feel like love. It feels like bitterness. It feels like anger. It feels like resentment. It feels like wrath. It feels like vengeance. Because it's hidden under all these other layers. Am I talking to anybody? And so the enemy has you confused. You watch a documentary on Netflix, and all of a sudden you start believing in other things that aren't even biblically true at, at its whole, right? We start believing things like, you know, we do, you know, crawled out of the ocean, and I did come from a monkey. No, you didn't. You were fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of our creator, the author and the finisher of our faith, right? And, and we, we see these scientific things, and we hear all this stuff. You know what? A lot of stuff uh, that's out there is good, but a lot of stuff that's out there is filled with half-truths, and to me, a half-truth is still a lie. And they become confusing, even to the, to the saints of God. To the saints of God. There's this new movie, and I'm not going to go into its full detail or documentary called The American Gospel. It's filled with half-truths. It's filled with half-truths. And so if you ever watch that, come and talk to me after you watch it, and I can answer a lot of questions for you because it's not sharing the gospel. 
in all its entirety. It's sharing not even half of the gospel, right? It says the American gospel, and it, and it prioritizes its view on prosperity preachers, but I'm here to tell you that there are a lot of half-truths in that documentary that can confuse some of you if you don't know the word of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because the enemy loves to confuse the saints. Why? Because he loves to cause disorder in the church. He loves to cause disorder in our marriages. He starts causing disorder in our lives because we start believing a lie. It starts feeling right because it, it kind of jives with my flesh. Let me tell you, the enemy's lies are always going to feed your flesh, and you're always going to feel good about it. You're never going to feel bad. It's feeding your flesh. And as long as it's feeding your flesh, your flesh is growing stronger than the spiritual person that God has created you to be. And so we function out of the flesh, we'll find ourselves in a really dangerous place. And so we, 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 we start saying things like, well, I don't know if I love him, right? I don't know if I love her. Or I don't, I, I, Pastor, I don't know, you know, he, he's pursuing me and, and I'm, I think I love him and I, I feel like I want to be with him. And, and, and Pastor, I grew up in church and I know the word of God and, and I feel like it's okay for me to pursue him. And I'm like, but, but that's not what the Bible says, so you're not functioning out of the realm of the spirit. You're functioning out of the realm of the flesh. Here's where we get ourselves in trouble. is when we put our flesh in front of Jesus and try to justify every action. We try to justify everything that we do. And the reality is we've already received good instruction through God's word. We've already received wisdom from people that, have God, that God has ordained and placed in our lives to be spiritual leaders, to speak life into us. And so instead of doing what we know to do, we start to question everything. And I'm not saying to question everything, um, uh, uh, to not question things for the, for the sake of understanding and growing. But when we start questioning everything for the sake of justifying what our flesh wants to do, I want you to know that you're in line for a spiritual stroke. You're in line for a spiritual stroke. And so you start questioning your own value. How many of you guys have ever done that? Just question your own value, your own importance, right? Like for men, we, we determine our value by what we do. That's just our makeup. It's the way that God wired us, right? This is the way that we determine our value, by how hard we work. If we don't work hard or if we don't have a job, then most men don't feel like they have any value or any worth. That's the way that men think. And so this is the reason why... Men have a problem communicating their love through emotions and through language because they communicate their love to their spouse by how hard they work for their family. This is, this is how men are wired. This is, this is how we roll. And so it's an inaccurate perspective because who you are is not determined by what you do, but who you belong to. Come on. You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. Your value comes from a relationship with God, not a relationship with your job in the world. And so you start questioning your value or worth and, and what you do and in who you are. You're confused about, you know, who you are and who you're supposed to be in Christ as a son or a daughter or as a leader in the church. You have moved from living a spiritual truth to, and believing the promises of God and following in obedience to being deceived and dwelling in a state of of confusion. And my question to us this morning is, what has you confused? What has you confused? 
Interestingly enough, in 2 Corinthians, that word confused can also be interpreted as disorder. Disorder, like you don't have order in your life. You don't have order in your house. In fact, the Bible teaches us that unless your house is in order, you can't even lead in God's house. So it's important to have our homes in order. Can anybody say amen? Right? Do you have your finances in order? Do you have your health in order? Am I talking to anybody? Do you have relationships in order? Right? Do you prioritize them rightfully so? Let me say this to every man of God in this house. Your wife will always come before your mama. I'm waiting for some more of you to say amen. Let me say this to the ladies. Your husband comes before your children. <laughs> That's order. Come on. I'm going to have a marriage class right now. I'm going to help some of you. Your husband is your spiritual covering. Your husband's responsibility is to be the financial, spiritual leader in the house. Your husband is a type of shepherd leader, like a pastor over his house. And he is to keep his house in order. Come on. Ladies, you want your husband to lead, leave him room to lead. Come on. Your husband is the covering. The wife is not submissive like a slave. Come on. She's a co-heir with Christ. We are submitted to one another, and we walk hand in hand in this life together. Right? Your spouse comes before your children. I'm going to take it to a whole other level. Your spouse comes before your grandchildren too. The devil is a liar. <laughs> Order. Finances. Some of you believe in tithes. Some of you believe in generosity. I honestly don't care what you believe. Just do what God tells you to do. As for me and my house, we tithe off of everything. We tithe and then some off of everything. We are generous because we believe that's what God told us to do. Don't ever tell me that tithing is not a New Testament model. It is a New Testament model. You're just confused. Generosity is also a New Testament model. But generosity was also at the beginning of the tithe. Because nobody told the man of God to tithe. He decided to tithe from the generosity of his heart in the very beginning. It wasn't even a commandment. Right? So it's something that we believe as a house. It's something that we believe as a church. But if you don't believe in tithing, praise God. Then give whatever God puts on your heart to give. Right? Out of your generosity. This is, this is how you roll. Praise God. But don't be confused. Don't be confused. Pastor, how do you know? I know because I've experienced this for the last 30 years of my Christianity. Because I've been there too. I know what it's like to hit a wall of confusion at full speed. I think we all do. Not knowing what to do. Like, we know what to do, but we don't feel like doing it. Because it... Because it, it feels better just to do the easy thing first. And how many know that the easy thing isn't always the godly thing? Right? So 
real scary thing about this is that deep down inside, I truly believed that I knew what was best, that I knew that this is what I should do. But, but the Holy Spirit would, would, wouldn't leave me alone with the decision that I made. You know, and I'm here to, t I'm just being honest with you. There, there have been things that I've done out of, out of not knowing what to do, confusion, and knowing what I've been instructed to do, but I felt like this is, was the better route and it suited me better. There are a lot of times that God will speak to you and tell you what to do, but your flesh doesn't, it'll never want to do it. So when God's telling you to do something, you're really never going to feel really good about it because your flesh wants to reject it. Your flesh wants to combat it. But how many know that we don't, we're not led by our flesh, we're led by the Spirit of God. And so I don't know who this is for this morning, as, but as I was praying through this message, and, and I was typing this out, I literally heard the Spirit of God in me say that there are going to be people that are going to be sitting there listening to this message, and internally they're crying in silence. They're crying in silence. Because they're just living in a state of confusion. I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know what to do with what's happening in my marriage. I don't know what to do with what's happening with my kids. I don't know what to do with what's happening in my finances. I, I'm having trouble believing the things that I grew up believing. And I'm, I don't know if I believe what I used to believe. And I don't know if God really loves me the way everybody says that he loves me. And confusion is just settling in. And, and I feel like, based on what the Holy Spirit said to me as I was writing out the sermon, that that there were going to be people in the sanctuary today that are dealing with the spirit of confusion, and they just don't know how to combat it. But it's become frustrating. And it's not only frustrating, but it's caused a loss of passion for the things of God. And so it's this snowball effect that happens, right? We, 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 we think that we're, we're okay, and as long as I get there, and as long as I do, and as long as I believe that, that I'll be okay. But the reality is there are some things that you're not going to be okay with taken care of on your own, you need your brothers and sisters to come around you and come together in agreement in Jesus' name, man, over that sickness, over that situation, over that circumstance, over that problem, and say, God, I need to hear from you, Lord, because I can't think clearly in this season for whatever reason. You're sucking it up in silence because you don't want to freak anybody out. I don't know about you, but I I've been there. And for whatever reason, you find yourself here and you don't know how you're going to get out of this confusion today. Let me just read a portion of scripture to you, and then I'm going to bring this to a close, and we'll continue it next week. The Bible says, in James chapter 1, verse 5 through 8, he says this, if anyone lacks wisdom, how many of you could use some more wisdom? Right? If anyone lacks wisdom, you should what? You should what? You should what? Who should you ask? God, right? Not the unsafe friend. Not, not, not the person whose life is in total disorder. There's no wisdom there. There's no wisdom there. Go to wisdom. Go straight to wisdom. When I feel confused, can, can I just say this to you? You, you want to know how to combat confusion? Here's number one. Write this down. I know it's towards later in the sermon, but I, I got to leave you with a high point. Is that okay? When you don't know what to do because you're confused, never trust yourself. Never make a decision based on your own wisdom. 
Come on. Don't trust yourself. If I'm confused about what to do next in my marriage, if I'm confused about what to do with my finances, if I'm confused in what I should be doing in ministry, if I'm confused with the call of God, if I'm confused with what I believe, never ever trust your own understanding. Don't trust you. Trust God first. Come on. Trust the Father first. Go to wisdom. Don't lean on your own understanding, your own wisdom. Don't, don't, don't try to think your way out of this in the middle of your emotions and your mind being all confused by the circumstance and the situation, but lay down your life before God and say, God, I don't know what to do next. I'm confused about this, and so I'm not going to make a decision. I'm going to wait on the Lord because I know that you will renew my strength, and you'll speak life into me, and you'll either speak to me through your word, you'll speak to me through your Holy Spirit, or you'll speak to me through another man of God or another woman of God that is not in disorder, but is pursuing you passionately and can speak life and wisdom into my circumstance. Don't trust yourself. Why? Because James chapter 1 verse 5 through 8 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. If I could have a worship team come back up. He says, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, when you ask, he says, he says, when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. That's important. That's very important. You know, too many people disqualify our faith in action when we're trusting God for something, right? We're not name it and claim it, blab it and grab it Christians. It's not who we are. But we have to believe God in all things for all things. And that takes faith. That takes faith. And faith requires action. You tell me you have faith, cool. I'll show you my faith by what I do while your lack of faith is represented by what you don't do. So if I, if I have faith and I believe, then I have to come to God with that mindset. God, I just believe that you're able to do above and beyond anything I ever ask for, hope for, or believe in. And so my faith is in you. It's not in me. It's not in man. It's not in this economy. It's not in the, what the doctors. My faith is in you, God. And so we have to not just declare faith, but we have to act out on faith. Come on. If you believe that tomorrow morning it's going to rain, then you better get up with an umbrella. Right? We have to have faith. Jesus said it over and over, all ye of little faith. And you don't, you don't. You have not because you ask not. So if we're going to come to God and we're going to ask for anything, we have to believe and in faith let our actions speak louder than words. So he says, when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is what? Unstable. Unstable. 
in disorder, chaos, confused. If I could have every head bowed, every eye closed in reverence to the Lord, I hear the Holy Spirit say, pray over the people that are confused this morning. Come against the spirit of confusion, bind it off of them and cast it off once and for all. And so I don't know who this is for this morning, but there are things that you're struggling with. There are things that you're dealing with. And there's a spirit of confusion that's, that's literally assaulting you from a dark realm. And today, we want to pray against confusion. And we want God to bring clarity. We want God to bring instruction. We want God to bring truth. And if that's you that